I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures. And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out. <laughs> but you eventually figured things out, right? For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship. But now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacy and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects. We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey. Okay, today we have Joshua Summers, uh, former CEO and founder of Clipped, along with several other organizations. Uh, welcome, Joshua. Thank you very much, Charlie. Glad to be here. And you've got the Clipped shirt on today, so you're representing? I wore this for you. Thank you so much. And uh, I will admit that I have a few Clipped t-shirts in my drawer as well. Um, but today I thought we'd talk to you a little bit about the importance of culture in an organization, especially in a startup organization. And I think at Clipped, you, cre you created an incredible culture and it was known as one of the better places to work in the Boston, Cambridge area. And I know um, your culture, even though you had your exit already, your culture has transcended the organization. So love to hear your insights. Um, and, but first, I mean, what's your definition of culture? Well, first, I'll actually correct you a little bit. You said we created. Yep. Uh, and I, I think that gives a lot of credit where maybe the organization evolved and, and came to be with a great culture that we helped to nurture. But I, I don't okay. think you can create a culture, okay. um, at least not the one you want. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, at the end of the day, culture for me is really the way that the organization kind of interacts with one another and with others. And, and really it takes your core values and it personifies those for your day-to-day -day interactions. Um, and so, you know, a culture is what a company really is when it's not a product. It. Uh, and it, it's everything other than your, your core offering. That's really helpful. And then, I mean, are there misconceptions about culture? Are there things you can say that culture is not as well? Well, I think, People often think, and as I said earlier, they, they can build a culture to look like X, like, you know, a new company wants to build a culture to replicate what Clipped had as its culture. And, and they go in and they think that culture is just a product you can build and deploy by, you know, making certain decisions. And it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. If it did, it'd be great because all companies would have great cultures. Um, but for me, a culture is really a living, breathing organism and okay. you feed it, you give it, you give it the right things to nurture it, an environment to survive in, you give it food to, to make it grow, but you ultimately hope it moves in the direction that you want because it's an organism, it's changing constantly and it's changing based on new members who are joining the team, members who are leaving the team, the company's success, the failures, you know, the environment, the the you know general mood in the you know in the industry and then ultimately the world itself and so you're this like microcosm and, and you just hope to keep it moving in the right direction. So if it's a living breathing organism, where does it start? Where's the big bang or where's the conception of the culture and how does that come about? You know it's funny uh, I've been very fortunate culture wise at the last several organizations I've been at and I kind of have 
thought through, you know, what worked, what didn't work at each one, and and how can we try and nurture our organization to to adopt and and to live and breathe some of those uh, core values. And so when Doug and I started Clipped, we we did think about what type of company we wanted to be, and I think that's an important part of of kicking off a company. It's you know how do you want to consider your employees relative to your executives? How do you want to consider uh, the you know needs of families relative to the the day to day job? Um, how do you want to incentivize people and how do you want to give them the environment to work in that, that makes them thrive and that helps them enjoy where they are? And so those are all kind of things that you feed, right? Like they're, they're definitions that I think are helpful. And then everything you do tries to go back to those core intents. So for instance, we wanted a really fun, open, relaxing environment for people to work in. Right. Um, we didn't want it to feel very stodgy. We didn't want offices. So we designed the office space around that. And then we hoped that people utilized it in a way that made it work. And, and we were fortunate that you know they did. Now, we also learned that certain things we did in the office didn't work. And so we would make adjustments over time. And you know, it's constantly iterating on that you know, environment to, to feed it in the right direction. Did you and Doug actually write down the things that you thought were the, the things you wanted to be part of your organization or did, was it something that you just kind of, that just kind of evolved and you said, yeah, this works or this doesn't? Uh, we didn't start and make a list of kind of everything at once. You know, there were periods where we did say, you know, let's think about the office and, and how we want people to work. And we, you know, document some of that. There's periods where we said, how do we want um, to think about families relative to employees? How do we want to think about benefits, stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And we'd write down core things. And, and we had some core values that we defined, but it wasn't like a designed process from day one where we said, here's the roadmap we're going to follow right. for the next eight years. Uh, we really took it piece by piece. So when you're bringing on the early employees, how are you evaluating them relative to culture? How are you explaining your culture to them? Because it's a, it's a question you get asked as you're interviewing people is, tell me about the culture at your organization. And so how did you think about building that uh, collaboratively? Well, hiring is one of the things that impacts culture the most, right? Because right. every person you bring into the organization brings their own view of culture and their own ways of working and their own personalities. And that can either positively, negatively, or, or you know, maybe in the middle, affect everybody else in the organization. And, you know, I think some people say they do the beer test, you know, like, would I want to sit down and have a beer with this person, independent of having, you know, a working relationship with this person. Right. And I think that's interesting, right? Like, there's some pros and cons to that. But ultimately, I don't want to only work with people that I want to drink with. Right. So I think right. that that gives you a, you know, I want to basically just look at one very, you know, niche you know, kind of definition of a person. I want to work with people who are different than me, who yep. bring unique things, who bring different backgrounds and who challenge me. One of the greatest things in our culture was we, we had a transparent, open way that allowed and encouraged employees to really challenge up. Uh, and so I didn't want people who were just going to, you know, blindly follow I wanted people who were going to question and challenge and, and bring their own points of view. And so, you know, when we did our, our you know, hiring process, a lot of it was, you know, do they have the skill set and the capabilities to, to succeed sure. in the role? A lot of it was, what's this person like and, and, you know, what drives them and what motivates them and how will they really help make our organization better outside of that role? And right. so it was really balancing those two things on, on the hiring side. 
at any of your organizations, not just CLIP, did you have examples where someone just wasn't a cultural fit and, and, and what challenges that might present and how you go about correcting that? I mean, I think nobody's perfect. We all, you know, have that hire that we wish we didn't make or uh, have that person that we wish we could have kept when, you know, they didn't find the culture to be what they were looking for. Um, and of course we had those, we had those at Clipped, we had those at my prior jobs. And, and if we could only hire the perfect employee every single time, hiring wouldn't be one of the craziest, hardest, most expensive pieces right. of running a good organization, but it is. And it is for a reason. It's because we don't always make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we had people who didn't fit the culture and, and not fitting the culture wasn't necessarily the problem, right? Like, right it's okay to be different, right? Like we, we had a very, you know, uh, relaxed and, and enjoyable culture. That didn't mean we didn't have employees who were a little bit more uh, tightly wound. Right, right. <laughs> right. Like we did. Um, and it's understanding how to accept that and embrace that and bring that into the culture in a way that allows them to be who they are, but still succeed within who we are. And so like, it wasn't about, do they fit the culture so much as, do we have a means of helping them be successful with who they are and how they are? And can they also contribute to who we are and how we, you know, how we operate. And Got so it. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I'd like to say there's never any hard feelings about the times it doesn't. Uh, some are more painful than others. Sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, but for the most part, you know, that as your organization evolves, uh, you're, you flex, you know, you can flex more and more, right? Like the first four, five, six, 10 hires, are critical. Yep. They're so important because each one represents, you know, 20, you know, 15, 10% of the, the organization itself. And so that is so hard and getting that right is just absolutely important. Once you've scaled to a 25, 30, 40 person company, hiring that 41st employee, it's a little easier, right? right. Like there's your culture is not one mammoth culture. It's a bunch of subcultures within an organization yep. that kind yep. of fit together. And so hopefully there's a good place for that person to feel connected into that culture within those. It's almost like tribes inside your culture. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so in your experience, do you think that founders who actively think about culture increase their probability of success relative to those that don't? Uh, yes, but I think it's founders who actively embrace the concept that they can't design the perfect culture and right. yet they need to feed the culture are the ones that find more success, that makes right? Sense. Like, like just saying, oh, you know, Clip did lunch and learns, Clip did, you know, uh, beer and demos on Fridays, Clip, you know, had holiday parties, Clip celebrated everybody's birthdays. We're going to do those four things and boom, we're going to have a Clip <laughs> culture. It just doesn't work that way, right? Like it's so much the people that come in and, and how they embrace it and how they evolve it and, and how you allow them to kind of go in the direction they want to go that builds a great culture. And I, I think anyone who tries to design a culture ultimately is going to be disappointed in some way with the outcome of that culture. But if you're really open to the concept that a culture will evolve and you're going to be along for the ride as much as any employee is, and you can make adjustments and feed it different things and hopefully steer it in certain directions, like I think that will be a good, you know, way to find success in, in you know, having a great culture. Did you, uh, one last question, because this has been great and I've, I've learned a ton, especially uh, that last point, but 
did did you involve like your investors or partners in the culture at all? Like, was there, or was that just outside of what your culture was at Clipped? Uh, there were different ways in which we involved the investors, the board. Um, whenever they were, you know, when there were board meetings, whatever, one of the things we would do is, you know, really review all the details of that board uh, meeting with the entire employees. And it was to kind of bring, you know, the boardroom back to the, you know, to the office uh, and let everyone feel like they knew what the, the conversation was about. Um, you know, at it's certain just event, part of the transparency and everything you talked about, that was a core component, right? That's so. exactly right, Charlie. And, and I think in addition to that, it, you know, we would encourage employees to present to the board, to come yep. to the board meetings. And so get to know our board. We would ask our board members to attend certain events that we were holding so they could really build that relationship. Um, and that was part of, you know, we wanted people to challenge up. We didn't want anyone to feel like they couldn't reach the highest levels of the organization if they have a great reason and a great, you know, uh, point that they want to be able to make. Ultimately, I think, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, there were things where we wanted to make decisions that maybe weren't financially prudent, yep. um, but they were the best thing for the organization culture-wise. Yeah. And we would have a debate with the board over those. I remember like insurance and, and healthcare and, and benefits was one of them. We were very, very confident that if we provided one of the best benefits packages out there, we would just take that off the table as a concern for employees. Mm -hmm. And and if employees are concerned about their healthcare coverage or concerned about having to go get, you know, uh, braces for their kids or concerned about, you know, any of these types of events, their vacation policy, if any of those are a concern, it detracts from their ability to do their job. Yep. And so when we pushed that through, that wasn't really the norm. Now it's becoming more the norm that, you know, benefits should just be something that are just provided and at a great level so that the employees don't have to be concerned about it. But at the time, that was a bit of a discussion with the board to help them see that vision we had. That makes sense. Any, any parting thoughts, anything we didn't touch on in regards to the importance of culture? I think the, the best thing we had in our culture was the challenge up concept. Uh, and we would do lots of conversations, you know, round tables, we do town halls, we do, you know, opportunities, but we also had this environment where I sat out in the room with everyone, Doug sat out in the room with everyone. And if you didn't feel comfortable to come and talk to us at any time during the day and ask us any question or challenge us on something, we felt we had failed. Yep. So for us, we just wanted everyone to have a voice and for that voice to be meaningful and, and be able to make an impact. And I think like, when you set up an organization, there are certain things you should design, you know, and, and certain things you should feed that culture. Like being willing to be challenged by your employees is like, start there. Like, right. because as an executive, if you're not willing to be challenged, it means you're insecure in your own role yep. and your ability to do your job. And, and if you could just start with that, you're going to have a very successful outcome, I think. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joshua. I really appreciate your thoughts on all this. And I'm sure your advice will go a long way for a lot of our startup founders out there. This was great, Charlie. Thanks so much for including me. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fundable Founder. Please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.